Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. This morning, I'm going to try not to make it too long, but I just want to share um, something with you. We've heard from some amazing, inspiring women um, who spoke about some challenges, joys and experiences and their heart as a mother. Um, And now... I want to continue that same discussion and just have a look a little bit closer at some of the key attributes of a mother's heart. I pray that this message will be helpful and encouraging today um, for mothers, but it's not just for mothers, it's for fathers too. Anyone or anyone really who takes care of someone at some stage in their life. So before I start, why don't we just close our eyes and pray this morning. I just thank you, Father. I thank you, God, Holy Spirit, that your presence is here. I pray that you anoint my words. I pray that you open hearts to hear and ears to listen to what I have to say today. I pray that it's a word of encouragement. I thank you that your presence is with us in your mighty name. Amen. All right, we're going to get straight into it this morning because I know the food's coming out there and I need another coffee, so going to get into it. Um, If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Exodus 2. If you don't, the words will be on the screen behind me. My message today is titled, A Mother's Heart. So Exodus 2 says, Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer... She took for him a basket made of bulrushes and dabbed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now, you probably say, Gabby, this is a bit of a strange story. What does this have to do with a mother's heart? Just bear with me. Bear with me. How did this mother find herself here? What made her take such drastic actions? Why would she do this? I want to give you some context here of what's happening in the time. Here we have the king of Egypt, Pharaoh. He was seeing an increase in the number of Israelite people. And he was getting concerned because their numbers were were growing that they may join with their enemies and they may rise up against them. So he made them work as slaves treating them very poorly. When they continued to grow in numbers, he made the following decree. So let's have a look at Exodus 1, 15. It says, Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew, Hebrew, Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra and the other Puha, when you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if he's a daughter, she shall live. So here we have this decree that any male Hebrew child is to be killed at birth. There are soldiers patrolling the streets, going through homes to check if there are any Hebrew male children born. Do you know, just imagine being pregnant at that time. Instead of that joy, you know when you're pregnant and it's that joy of the impending birth and oh, what is it going to be? They didn't have scans then, they wouldn't have known. Is it going to be a boy or a girl? 
But instead of having that, you're feeling this dread of what might happen. Do you know, as we saw earlier in the scripture, one of the mums decides to do something drastic when she delivers a baby boy. She starts by hiding him for three months. Do you know, when, when you have a child, you don't want to hide them. You want to show them off to the world, don't you? Look at their outfit. Look at their wearing. Look at them. How cute they are. They look like me. I'm, and I'm thinking that this little baby boy, he must have been pretty quiet, okay, for her to be able to hide him because if that was my kids, this would not have happened. He would have been found straight away, first day. Do you know, as he starts to get too big though, she can't hide him. So she makes a decision that no mother should ever have to make. Rather than hand him over to Pharaoh, she decides to put him in a basket and risk him to the elements and the wild elements animals of the Nile River. Just think about that. Think about that. The Nile River was home to crocodiles, snakes, hippos, fish, mosquitoes, and so many other creatures. What if the basket tipped over and the baby boy fell out and drowned, got eaten by an animal? What if he got washed away? There's the natural dangers. Then there's the human danger. What if someone finds him and hands him in to the Egyptian soldiers? What if? There's just so much that could go wrong with this plan, isn't there? So much. Can anyone here even <laughs> comprehend what it must have felt like for this mother to put her baby in the Nile? You know, you're wrapping them up and you're thinking the last time I'm just going to put him in this basket and off you go. Think about, comprehend that. But let's continue the story. In Exodus 2.5, it goes on. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the baby was crying. Now's the time to cry. He cried at the right time. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. Now, a couple of quick thoughts from this passage of scripture today for all the mums um, and in fact, all of us about this woman. This woman, the mother of Moses, she had there's two points I want to raise. The first one today, she had a heart to protect. The Bible tells us the name of this woman, Moses' mum, was Joshebed. What was Joshebed's first instinct when Moses was born? What's her first instinct? To nurse him, to nurse him, to care for him, to love him, to feed him, and to protect him. Yeah? 
There's a natural instinct we have to protect our children. It's not unique to mothers. Fathers have that as well, right? Fathers feel that too. I get the privilege to be mum to three beautiful children. Joelle, who's 16. She's at the desk this morning. Ethan, who's 14. He's in kids' church teaching. And Roman, six. He's in another kids' church probably giving some teacher a hard time. <sighs> Past his kids. Do you know, our eldest daughter, Joelle, she's in the process of learning to drive and is doing amazing at it, I must say, as she does with all the things that she applies herself to. She is at a stage where all her friends are starting to drive and get their licences. And as a parent, having your child on the road starts to raise the level of anxiety for their safety and mine if I'm sitting next to them. But she's good. She's doing good. You know, recently one of Joelle's friends got her driver's licence and they were going to celebrate and go to a birthday party lunch on the other side of the city. And this girl was going to drive. She had had her licence for three weeks. And for a child, that's a long time. Three weeks, mum. For three weeks. So Joelle asked Bronson and I, can I go? Can she drive me to this party? Do you know, I must say, I was very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. What if she's in an accident? This girl doesn't have much experience. What if this girl gets distracted while she's driving? What if some crazy driver hits them? What if this? What if that? You know what it's like. The whole world is collapsing. All the things you think about. I'm not there to protect her and that's my job and I can't do it. Do you know any parents here who can relate to that type of situation today? Yep. Do you know, I wanted to protect my baby girl. That's what I wanted to do. And I'm sure there are parents in this place, mothers, you want to protect your kids too. When they first went to school or kinder, when they uh, went to their first school camp or, you know, a friend's party or they start to want to go out with their friends without you on their own, or they get their first job, they start driving, God forbid, they start dating, they choose a partner, and the list goes on, doesn't it? Do you know, no matter the age of a child, a parent never stops wanting to protect their child, never stops. But there's something greater that a parent can do for their child than just protect them. That brings me to my second point. She had a greater heart to trust God if the keys would come. Do you know, Joshebed can no longer protect her baby by keeping him with her. So she decides to put him in the Nile. Joshebed starts making a basket. And it's here that we begin to see the strength of her faith. She had no way of knowing that her son was going to be saved. No way at all. She didn't know that God had already made provisions for his care and protection. All she knew at that time was that she didn't want her son to be killed. That's all she knew. She took a risk and put him in God's hands. Psalm 91 says this, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, 
He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. So let me get back to this story about Joelle and wanting and her wanting to go out with a friend who just got their license. Who here thinks I let her go? Okay. Some people think I'm a bit harsh, but if you said yes, you're right. You're right. I did let her go. But I struggled. I even spoke to some people here about it. I was struggling with this thought, yes? And you're saying, Gabby, get a grip. (laughs) This isn't the same thing as snakes and crocodiles and hippos. Her life wasn't at stake. Well, I say mums, dads, parents, the Nile in this story is the representation of us letting our children go to live their own life make their own mistakes, discover their own experiences, good and bad, and it's a representation of us trusting God to keep them. Do you know the Nile, it's also a picture of this world. It can be scary, a scary, dangerous place. There's drugs, violence, sex, peer pressure, bad relationships, bad doctrine, bad thoughts, who knows? There's so much uncertainty, what's right, what's wrong, what's black, what's white, pink, grey. There's no facts anymore. Financial uncertainty, you know, the list goes on and on. But as mothers and fathers and parents, can we stop and protect our children forever? No, we can't. Eventually, we need to do something greater We need to trust God that He will protect them. You know, Psalm 9 says this, Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. And this is for all stages of their development, not just when they're they're old enough to make their own more mature decisions. We need to trust God and to protect them at every age every stage of life. You know, the Bible doesn't say how long Moses lived with his parents before going back to live with Pharaoh's daughter, uh, before he went to live with Pharaoh's daughter in the palace. But I would hazard a guess that during that time, those parents, Joshebed, they instilled as much of their values, beliefs, faith and trust in God as they could. Their son is going to live in the palace of Pharaoh. They need to instill in him these things of God to protect him, to carry him for the days of his life because they will have no more ability to impact him in those things. So you can imagine what they were doing at that time. And this is what we need to be doing as parents, as mums pointing our children to a relationship with God. Do you know how you can trust that God will be with your children all the days of their life? Do you know how we know? This is how we know. Because He's been with you all the days of your life. All the days of your life. Do you know you take your faith and you instill it into your children. 
You teach them about Jesus. You live a life of godly values. You lead them in praying. You show them to forgive. You lead with godly character. You show them how you trust God. You talk about God, not just on Sundays, but in everyday life. You tell them your personal stories of what God has done in your life. You introduce them to the God that Joshebed trusted in. But church, parents, this doesn't just happen. You need to be intentional about it. We need to be intentional about it. Do you know, as I close today, to all the mothers, fathers, parents, where are you today? Maybe you're in the protecting stage or maybe you're in the releasing stage and you are trusting God. No matter which, we can always and should always be pointing our kids to God and a relationship with Him. Always. And you know, that's not just for parents today. As partners, siblings, friends, colleagues, we can invite people into a relationship with God for them to encounter His goodness, His presence, for them to trust Him like we do, for them to experience His love and protection, His forgiveness. So today, as all eyes are closed and all heads are bowed,